Hey, my name is Richard, and welcome to the Q&A Showdown, where I touch different topics from life insurance, real estate, business, entrepreneurship, and much more. So, welcome. This is the Q&A Showdown. I'm here with Kim Shaleen. She'll be answering some questions about uh, certain things, certain questions that people ask from time to time. So, uh, Kim, I'll let uh, Kim introduce herself. Kim, let the people know who you are. Hi, Richard. It's good to see you again. Hello, everyone. Second time for all of us to meet. So my name is Shaleen Kim. People actually call me by Kim, and I work for a company called Everest Funeral Concierge. I'm one of the managing directors for Eastern Canada, and I actually work with Richard very closely almost every day, and we kind of have a really strong partnership uh, with both of our companies together. So uh, we're going to dive into this uh, right away. Uh, first question, if someone wants to purchase a life insurance policy, uh, what are the different, uh, what are the several steps that people would have to think about before uh, doing that purchase? One of the biggest things is we really need to figure out what you're looking for. So what is your need? So some families, they're worried if something happens, they may not have enough money to cover the mortgage or some families that have younger children. Again, if something happens, um, you know, how are my children going to basically continue on, you know, taking care of them, feeding them, something simple like that. So what is your main priority in the first year, the first five years, 10 years, kind of seeing what your plan is because there's so many different type of insurance uh, coverages out there. You could get term coverage, whole life, universal life, you have so many different ones and many different companies. So I think the best thing is figuring out what you're looking for, obviously your budget, and working with a licensed uh, financial advisor that can kind of give you some steps and give you a little bit more information in terms of how they can help in that sense. Okay. Uh, second, second question that uh, people ask, uh, they ask from time to time is, uh, let's say I have my life insurance policy here in, uh, in Montreal, but I have no family, but I would like to have a beneficiary that, uh, let's say my beneficiary, my beneficiary is outside of the country, let's say uh, in the United States. Can I name, can I use that person to be a, a beneficiary on my policy? Really good question, especially because there's a lot of people immigrating to Canada. And yes, you're right, they may not have family here. You can have a beneficiary in a different country. That's completely fine. Obviously, we if they don't have anyone here, that's, you know, that's all we can do. But there's a couple of things to take into consideration. So number one is there's different processes in Canada, the US or even countries overseas. Not only that, in terms of you know processing times, claims requirements, but there's there may be a language barrier, so that family member living in another country may not speak uh, the English or wherever they're from. And also, there's the different time zones. So you could be living halfway around the world, and there's a 12-hour difference. So most likely, um, that beneficiary they may also be an executor to the estate too. Um, they usually end up coming to that country and taking care of all of the administrative, you know, final arrangement expenses uh, type of stuff. Okay. But yes, you can. Okay. Okay. Another one. Uh, 
another question that people ask too, if I own the policy, I'm the life insured, but I pass away outside of the country or the city, uh, what happens and what's the process? This happens quite often. Um, you know, people could be traveling, they could be going somewhere for work, things like that. And again, tragedies occur unexpectedly, but it's not as easy as we think. So if someone passes away, let's say even overseas, to bring that person back home, it means that depending on where we are, there's an embassy or consulate that we probably have to work with, transporting the deceased um, on probably an airplane, some type of transport uh, vehicle, they'd have to come back. And that's gonna cost money. And sometimes it can be quite expensive in the few thousands of dollars. And number two, there's basically a lot of administrative work for that. So uh, you can Google these type of processes, but again, if you have someone that uh, kind of knows that step and can assist you through the way, it's gonna make it a lot easier. Cause again, someone you love is gone. And then now you gotta deal with all of this extra step to bring them back home. So it happens quite often and there are a lot of services out there that can help with that. This is the end of the Q&A showdown. Hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next time.